Welcome to Talking Fußball Fantasy, your source for all things official fantasy Bundesliga with player picks as stunning as a Christian Gamboa Perler, fancy advice as outrageous as a Garrett Holtman Curler, and two pundits ready to make up for a two-week absence from the podcast mics. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, one and all. My name is James Thurgood. This is Talking Fußball Fantasy Season 5, Match Day 23. And as ever, my partner in crime is the fantasy football got himself, Flo Reinecker. Flo, I read you had a, a goal and touch covering the Winter Olympics. Yeah, you, you could say that. So uh, like anyone who follows me on Twitter will probably know that. But we have like one of my colleagues doing the commentary stuff during the Olympics made a, a metal table for all the commentators. And I'm still in the lead, James, but I'm back in Cologne, which means I like I have to hold on to that lead. <laughs> There's some some Bob slaying competition still left where the Germans excel so I hope they don't like if if Germany doesn't win another gold medal I'll win the competition and I, I mean it's <laughs> it, you you don't really have a hand in it how successful you are while commentating but still like every time I enter a competition <laughs> I want to win James it doesn't matter if it's really involving skill or not I but know that of you still in lead there so three three gold medals from from Germany have been on my shifts yeah that, it, just a great time covering the Olympics I know I don't want to be one of these persons just like uncritically just celebrating uh, Olympics being held in China, which is like there are huge red flags. And I'm aware of that. Uh, yeah, we were uh, recording. So I, I, I went to Hamburg and stayed at Hamburg. So we were recording it there so we could speak freely on the air, on air <laughs> about issues uh, in China, and we did that. So it's 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 just a sh- short disclaimer. Uh, I mean, it's it's getting even worse at the end of the year with the World Cup. Yeah, yeah. Which is just yeah, uh, it's still unbelievable to me how we can do that at Qatar. Um, yeah, but I'm I'm lost for words. But, yeah, but I, I'm I'm right it's, there with you. And now now we've got the new DFL president talking about maybe holding yeah. games in Saudi Arabia as yeah. well. Which it's, you it's know. a crazy time we're living in, James. But uh, still, made the best of it. And uh, yeah, like the competition. I mean, I, I was convincing myself that I'm doing that to celebrate the athletes who aren't in the limelight most of the time, yeah. the Olympians, and uh, they definitely want uh, an Olympic uh, Olympic Games that yeah, are worth celebrating. So, Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I mean, they've deserved and, and earned the right to be there and be celebrated as well. Like if you can focus on the sport, then there's a lot of wonderful stories that have come out of it. But are, are you are you able to transition? Are you ready to transition back into the Bundesliga fantasy world from the, the world of curling and bobsledding? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm definitely doing my best. I, I bundled my transfers the last two weeks. I, I didn't really like... Uh, the match day, we had the Twitter live space... I was saying on that space that I already had Roussillon because I thought like I was <laughs> my plan transfer was bringing in Roussillon for Angelino right. and I thought I that was how my team already looked so I ended up with Roussillon in my squad and basically doing at the end I thought wait you just did two transfers and then yeah although there was a huge risk Roussillon not playing I, I brought him in so that was 
definitely not a good decision, but it's tough uh, multitasking uh, as a whole. And um, But now I'm back. Um, um, I arrived at Cologne and on Tuesday, so... Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm back in Bundesliga mode. Good. I think we're, we're all glad to hear that. I mean, you say that. I mean, I haven't had the distraction of the Olympics and I've botched a few transfers as well in recent weeks. I mean, my whole plan to go from cruiser to silver really didn't quite pay off. So yeah, sorry for anyone that followed me on that one. But let's see if we can do a little bit better today and delve into, let's start with some listener questions. We might as well get straight into it. And I'll start with one from at Carling underscore Tommy, who says, is Kimmich a priority transfer in? And then, which defenders would you bring in for a long-term perspective? So maybe let's start with Kimmich. How are you feeling about him? So I brought him in last week just because I had the funds. So in the end, I had so much money that I thought, okay, it doesn't really matter how expensive a player is. And that's why I brought in Kimmich. Uh, I think he's too expensive for what he's bringing to the table. But if you can make it work, it's definitely in the discussion although like if i hadn't kimmich i'm not sure if tolisso wouldn't beat kimmich for being the best buyer midfield option because i'm pretty sure after the bochum experience that they that nagelsmann maybe thinks playing with more than one midfielder could be an interesting choice yeah even against the promoted side so I'm pretty sure that Tolisso will slide back into the starting lineup uh, in the Bundesliga. He started in the Champions League, so it, it tells me that if push comes to shove right now, Tolisso is probably in the starting lineup. So uh, he he's less expensive and he has a more attacking role. Kimmich got the set-piece role, so if it's a game where Bayern has 20 co- corners and 10 free kicks... That might be, uh, Kimmich might beat out Tolisso, but Tolisso is definitely more likely to score a goal than Kimmich is. Yeah, I mean, Kimmich's got it in his locker, but yeah, I, I agree. The, the, the roles just dictate that. Um, and I think, yeah, Tolisso could be an interesting differential because I, I personally, I just don't have the funds to stretch to Kimmich without giving up one of my big assets that I'd rather stick with um, right now based on their form as well. And yes, Kimmich could therefore be, you know, a nice swing player for a lot of teams. Um, but yeah, as a priority transfer in, I wouldn't say so. But if you can afford him, uh, there's certainly, uh, you know, worse ways to spend your funds. But yeah, there's nothing wrong. Like we have to expect Bayern want to set. Like I'm, I'm not envying Fürth no. having to travel to Bayern in a situation like that. Was Bayern uh, losing the game at Bochum than just scraping a draw at Salzburg? So yeah, I think it's it's going to be a tough tough match for Fürth. That will be my expectation. <laughs> yeah, I- <laughs> Yeah, I think I think we might touch on that a little bit later. How about defenders with these long-term perspectives? Uh, because the yeah, the defender market is a bit of an interesting one right now. I think. Yeah, it is, and we don't have these consistent defenders we usually had in the past. But I probably look as uh, to Angelino to be my first choice, just because of the matchups. They're playing Hertha, Bochum, Freiburg, and Fürth. These are the next four fixtures of Leipzig. Uh, I think you you can buy in, you can stay on board. Same goes true for Günther. In a way, they're playing Augsburg, Hertha. Then it's away at Leipzig, so there's one tough cookie, but then it's home game against Wolfsburg and Fürth. 
these are the next five games of Freiburg. And you can make an argument like the one of the biggest letdowns these fantasy seasons, probably Rafael Guerrero, but still home game against Gladbach, then at Augsburg, then Mainz, then Bielefeld. These are the next four games for Borussia Dortmund. So these are the three guys I would wrap my head around. And it's probably Angelino would be my first choice. Then probably Guerrero and then Gunther because Gunther is like, he's a bit overpriced as well. Same with Kimmich. And, but, but Gunther is one of the few defenders who could have massive attacking returns, but he's not showing that as consistently uh, as he had in the past. Yeah, I think I think Freiburg as a whole have just dropped off a little bit right now, which is a, a bit of a shame. And so, yeah, I've, I've got Gunter and Guerrero in my backline right now. I've got a bit of a backline headache, though, this weekend, and I think I may not be the only one because our next question is from at FPL Gunnosaurus, who he's asking for the, I mean, you've named three very high-priced defenders there. He's asking for the best defenders that are less than 9 million flow yeah. because he needs to get rid of Baka, who's suspended this weekend. Yeah, probably I should have involved Frimpong into that lineup with the three high-priced guys. Uh, he would be my first choice. Um, you get the flexibility you had with Baka, who's suspended, and uh, just go with the right back of Leverkusen. He's inconsistent, but it's a Friday evening game. I don't mind that so much. And Leverkusen is just on the tear right now. So... Uh, Jumping on to the Leverkusen bandwagon, uh, I think it's a good idea. They're hosting Bielefeld next match day, so that's also a positive. Then they're traveling to Munich. So, um, that, But that's three games away. Uh, right now, I think that Frimpong probably belongs into the, the category of long-term perspective defenders. If you want to make like short-term it's not a bad idea. You could go with a Leverkusen defender. That's not Frimpong. And that's uh, Hincapier. Because um, he will replace Baka as a left back. He definitely wins a lot more challenges. And he's cheaper. 6.8 million for Hincapier. Definitely the week after. So next week, the situation is muddied. Because it will be the first week where Kusunu, Tapsuba, Ta... Uh, Hincapier, Baka will all be available to play and we're not sure how the back four will look then. And that's definitely so if you, you're buying Hincapier, you probably want to get rid of him for next week unless he has like an outstanding game and, and Swan says, okay, he's keeping his place as left back because that's why I'm interested in him for this week. I mean, I think he was the starting left back before the African Cup of Nations came around and Tapsoba and Kusunu had to, to go off and represent their nations. But Yeah, well, I, I think like Swan changed it up a bit <laughs> with Baka and Hincapier. So it, at, at times it was Baka, at times it was Hincapier. Yeah. So uh, he, he would be like, if you want an, a, a really differential pick, I think he would be your guy and playing on a Friday evening. I mean, Mainz has the best defense in the Bundesliga, only conceded five goals on home soil so far this yeah. season. That's amazing. But I, st I, I still think like the, the form Leverkusen is in, I'm still 
liking Leverkusen more in this match. Yeah, no, I, I can I couldn't agree more. Should we move on to the next question then, or is there anyone else you want to mention in that? Yeah, I have two other. I'm not sure. I probably don't believe that he doubled up on Leverkusen, but it's certainly possible. So. Another guy would be Iago, 7.4 million, playing for Augsburg at home against Freiburg. Freiburg is in a slump right now. And if you want some flexibility, you can make an argument for Benno Schmitz of Cologne. It's the top spiel on Saturday evening. Uh, or on the other side of the ball is Danny Da Costa, 3 million. So if you want to go cheaper with your defenders. Yeah, I think those are all, all valuable uh, suggestions, potentially, that we probably will discuss. But I definitely prefer Frimpong. Yeah, no, absolutely. So, I think yeah. Frimpong's got yeah. the biggest upside of, of those guys. Um, although Iago is performing well in an Augsburg side that are starting to exceed a few expectations as well. But Yeah, they're good at home soil. Yeah, and true. So I think they they can win this game against Freiburg. So yeah, I, I like Iago. I, I just think you, you probably, it's it's the one and done situation for me. And mm. yeah, I try to avoid that if it's not like super juicy and I feel I, I have to, because this is a 20 points game in the making. Yeah. Then I try to avoid it if I have similar good options out there that I can hold on to longer. No, that's that's fair enough. Then let's talk about another defender, one you actually haven't mentioned yet, uh, because we've got a two-part question from at Benji Tonelli. The first part, is it a good time to buy Rami Benzabayini, who has been in great form since returning from the Africa Cup of Nations? Yeah, but Dortmund is really good at home, and I'm not sure I want to buy into the Gladbach side. Next week... We can talk. <laughs> yeah. then, is, then is Wolfsburg, Stuttgart, Hertha and Bochum ahead for Gladbach. But I probably won't buy a Gladbach player before the Dortmund match. No, that's fair enough. Um, if you if you have Benzabaini, I think it's totally fine to hold on to him. But um, and same goes true with Hofmann. Yeah. But these are not buy candidates for me this week. Why? If I can wait one week longer and get a string of really enticing matchups for Gladbach. Well, that's it. I mean, I did bring Benzabaini in when we did that Twitter live space. I think I picked him as my Vegas choice and brought him in that evening. And so I have uh, jumped on the bandwagon early, but he's a bit of a headache for me as to whether to keep or to stick or twist with him this weekend. Because yes, okay, I lose a bit of flexibility given the fact that I've got Guerrero in my side as well. It's not great to have two players when I don't actually have Antilino or any of the Leipzig guys to, to fall back on afterwards. That's my predicament right now. But then, yeah, it's yeah, well, you got Nkunku at least, so you that got one guy you can swap out. That is true. Yeah, so I mean, yeah, I've got, I've got to see what I'm going to do with my backline. But unless your defender sucks, like with <laughs> me last week, I had more high-pointed midfielders, but still couldn't. I, I had, if I could, I would have played without a defender <laughs> last week. So that's that sometimes can be an issue. You you have a guy you can swap in, but not for the position you want. Yeah, because all your defenders did just. Squad all. Yeah. No, that's, yeah. yeah, that's, I've been in that position myself before. But the second part of Benji's question, Flo, is he's asking us to rank these midfielders in order best to worst of Grifo, Hoffman, Kimmich, and Wimmer. Okay. So if we are price sensible, then Wimmer definitely is topping the list. 
if we're not price sensible, Kimmich would be top of the list for me. So these players swap their places in regards to if, like, if you value how much you have to pay for them. And then it's Hoffman and Grifo, uh, three and four for me right now. Freiburg's attacking play just looks a bit broken to me right now. And that's definitely a problem for, for Grifo. They're just not producing enough shots, not enough goals right now. Yeah, so I'm not keen uh, having having grief for my squad. And Augsburg is not that, that that's not the easiest side to play. No. So no. Yeah. That's my assessment. No, especially with Michael Gregorich tearing it up and having a throwback to his old fantasy glory days, you know. <laughs> not enough to consider him bring him into the squad, especially yeah. given the fact that he's a striker. But uh, yeah. Uh, just only because he's a striker. If he only. were a midfielder, he would be shortlisted shortlisted at least there you go um, yeah. okay we've got one one final question I, I do agree actually with your your ranking there so I don't don't need to add much more and Grifo is on the chopping block for me this weekend as well but one final question from our listeners it's from at Korosh for you who says I hope you're recording after the Leipzig lineup comes out which given the fact that it's 10.30 in the morning uh, probably isn't the case unfortunately no we needed to record early because I'm actually in Dortmund tonight but anyway I'll ask his question which is do you think we can expect a bit of rotation maybe even see Schroberschlei start in the Bundesliga if he doesn't start tonight, Flo? Yeah, my feeling says yes, but uh, like how much do I take stock on my feelings? Not enough to bring in Shovish. <laughs> they're not that, they're not that yeah, bad but <laughs> I mean, I did that last week, bringing in Akpoguma. I was totally uh, aware of that. He wasn't a guarantee to start, but I wanted a Hoffenheim defender. And that was a decision I had to make before doing my transfers. And <laughs> I actually thought about bringing in Hübner, which would have been a stroke of brilliance. But that's that's hindsight, just because he scored and got 19 points. And yeah, with Schubberschlei, it's, it's like there are good op midfield options out there. If Schubberschlei were a defender, I think we are really stretched thin having great defenders. Yeah. And in midfield... I don't think it's worth the risk um, bringing in Schoberschlei, who might not start. Yeah, yes, I think that's it. It's, it's, it's too much of a risk when there are very good options that don't hold that risk. Yeah, so my feeling right now is that the game, I think, against Sociedad um, in the Europa League uh, will take precedence for Leipzig. I expect them basically to play the, their Bundesliga squad against Sociedad and then change it up at Berlin a bit from there. That will be my assessment before seeing the lineups of Leipzig. And that would mean that Schoberschleit definitely has a good chance to start, but it could be Forsberg as well, who's playing there, or it could be Nisa. Kicker is bringing in Paulsen in their predicted lineup with Silva. So a two-man uh, two men up front, Interesting. which they did before. They just played in Kunku, mm. basically True. as a striker. Yeah. Which we love. <laughs> uh, uh, we love him anywhere. It's just <laughs> like when Nkunku is doing something, you know, like everyone else is getting these points too. True. It's, it's like, it's a total wash for me. I don't care if he's doing good or bad. It doesn't matter either way. So I'm usually I probably I like him to do worse. Because then it's the other guys in your squad who are more important. Um, so, yeah, that's that's the thing with Nkunku. It's the same with Lewandowski. I don't care if Lewandowski is, is doing good or bad. It's, it's, he's doing that for everyone else as well. Yeah. So 
it's not making a difference for you. No, that's but that's where the star man comes in sometimes. Sometimes, yeah. um, he, let's be honest, he's most most often uh, the star man yeah. every weekend. So is Unkunku. Um, but anyway, I, I I do agree with you. I think we'll see a bit of rotation either way, and I, I don't mind Schwabberschlei. I, I, I you know he's he's my favourite Vegas choice of the season so far, based on what he did for me uh, in his debut and and what he did for other for other owners as well. But I, I do do think the risk maybe isn't just worth it this weekend. And yeah. I mean, just a reminder as well, you know, we've had a, an international break, no unlimited transfers. We do have another international break coming up the 21st of March, the 1st of April. So we're, you know, just over a month away from that now. A couple more match days to, to squeeze in before then. But the last part of Cross's question, because he also was asking about defenders, which is why I was getting the impression that it's not just me that has these defensive headaches this weekend. But yeah, he, he asked about Schmitz and Iago. We've talked about them already, but he mentioned uh, Borna Sosa as well. Any Anything on him because I mean even though Stuttgart aren't performing that well he finally has his target men back up front and yeah but he didn't play last week and it's not like yeah. he's questionable for this week still I still think that Sosa is one of the better choices at home against Bochum Bochum is a side that's they are much better at home than away from home yeah so I think Sosa definitely is in the conversation I didn't bring him up earlier because he's more than 9 million so that was a cutoff with a bucker uh, question but he's probably I would rank these three guys Sosa, Iago, Schmitz, Korosh that would be my ranking if like if you're not price sensible there you go uh, uh, yeah, I think that's a good good assessment of the situation. Right, let's close out part one of today's show. Then we'll be back in part two to go through the fixture list and pick out a few more players for you along the way. Back to part two of Talking Fußball Fantasy. Time to have a look at the match day 23 fixture list, starting with that Friday night game. And it's an interesting one this weekend. Mainz against Leverkusen, two sides that, let's be honest, we have advised to invest in Mainz. Okay, it's the Aaron Martin aspect, Leverkusen. Uh, I think the last time we spoke, Flo, you were talking about going all in on them on Twitter spaces. Uh, Mainz are winless in eight against Leverkusen. Uh, meanwhile, you've got two very informed strikers on the Leverkusen side of things. Uh, Schick has 19 goals in 19 games scored at a rate of one every 80 minutes meanwhile Musa Diaby he scored in three straight for the first time in his career and with five goals during that spell he's actually doubled his tally for the campaign so as I said last time we spoke you were all in on Leverkusen they've scored nine goals in two games against Dortmund and Stuttgart since so I assume you're still all in on them now yeah <laughs> yeah it's, it's Frimpong, Wurz and Schick and I'll move on from that game that's it how it is for me does Diaby get a mention at all here as a differential? No. <laughs> well, as a differential, maybe. But I think probably Schick... Yeah, Schick isn't that differential anymore because of the Haaland injury, yep. probably. So that's why you can make an argument. But I'm just like, I'm throwing up the stats. Schick is having 4.4 shots per 90 minutes. And Diaby is sitting at 3.9. Um, that's that's uh, the shots he's involved in. Uh, sorry, it's not just shots. It's also passes to a shot. And I mean, there's, there's Schick um, better in that regard. And he's more likely to score no matter how like the recent ratio was between Diaby and Schick. So I'm, I'm still, I'm still liking Schick more, but probably you're right. 
And he used to be that he's not the usual third striker in your squad, and he is probably right now. So Diaby could be definitely a guy you can consider. Um, although I'm not sure if if I hadn't Chic in my squad and I hadn't Diaby in my squad, I probably wouldn't go for them because of the matchup at Mainz and how tight they were defensively so far. Yeah, no, that's a, that's an interesting point. Yes, they've been on a good roll, but as you mentioned earlier, Mainz was one of the best back lines in the league. I mean, the best. The best. The best. James. Yes, true. Uh, sorry. But the the question then does beg, would you would you hold on to Aaron Martin if you've got him in your squad? Especially, I mean, I don't know if other people are in the same boat as me, but I've got Martin and Frimpong. So Martin's on my chopping block right now. Yeah. I have them both as well. I have both uh, as well. Um, and I probably will hold on to Martin because I have to get rid of Akpoguma. <laughs> <laughs> stupid, stupid, okay. stupid buy. Yeah, but... Uh, I think it's like it wouldn't be a priority, but if you can get rid of him, maybe you should. Although, like the defender market is so is like it's so broken right now yeah. that I'm not sure if like if you can even do an upgrade on Martin with high certainty. Uh, I think that could be uh, really uh, a problem. But that, I, I, yeah, I couldn't agree more. I mean, his his price point is so important. You know, three point six million. So it's a, he's an enabler as well as as well as being a player that can provide the few returns and then being as part of the best back line in the Bundesliga. And, and I mean, they they, they they could be just like set piece header and goal. I mean, Leverkusen they scoring a bunch of goals, but they also conceding. So Stuttgart scored twice on them and they hadn't scored uh, in like a few hours before that although they scored against Frankfurt the game before so uh, but before that Stuttgart was really toothless up up front so why not keep Martin I'm not I'm not sure that you can bank on a clean sheet there although like we said before five goals conceded so far uh, at home it's amazing stat. Really is. No, I mean, the, the, you mentioned him earlier. I mean, yeah. uh, Benjamin Hubner genuinely is the only one down at that price point where you could maybe make an argument right now because he's one, uh, you know, point point one million less, uh, three point five. But yeah, and I'm, uh, at least he's cheap. Yeah, I usually am not the centre back kind of guy. But that's just for the feel, surely, with Benjamin Hubner. Like, I mean, he was a fantasy god back in the day. Yeah, he was. And it's just, yeah, it's a shame what's happened. And, and I haven't actually checked how many um, challenges does he win. Is it still that much? Yeah, still more than 10. Around 12 challenges per 90 minutes. So that's still a decent baseline for Benjamin Hübler. Yeah, without a doubt. Yeah. And I mean, yes, then then you consider the fact that he's getting involved in goal scoring chances again. Yeah, it's a it's an interesting an interesting um, conundrum, Mister Hubner. Because um, as I said, Aaron Martin's on my tra- on my chopping block. So right now, I am actually looking at Hubner as a potential replacement, which I didn't think I'd be saying um, at this stage. But yeah, still got to convince myself to 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 make that move. I think. While I'm in the Hoffenheim stats, do you know which player does win the most challenges out of the Hoffenheim? once per 90 minutes on average you, okay so you're asking me because it's going to be somewhat surprising uh, so, uh, let's try Elas Bebu uh, no but it's an attacking player Munas de Boer uh, no it's Ruter, Ruter. yeah yeah I'll, I'll tell you that kid's, that kid's something yeah. special <laughs> he's great he's got something about yeah. him he, he, he's winning almost 15 challenges per 90 minutes on average he just just 
plays seldomly That's, 90 minutes, I think. That's, that is the thing. He's got, he's got fierce competition. You, you don't get a water points because of the average. It's just like, I think it's, it's better to get a feel for the baseline than just looking at total stats where like one guy has played six, six times the amount of minutes than the other guy. So it's, yeah. it's worthless then. Um, in com to compare these stats then. Indeed, indeed. But let's talk about Hoffenheim then because actually they're, they're our next game. I think we can conclude our analysis of Mainz against Leverkusen but Wolfsburg against Hoffenheim. Wolfsburg have conceded a league low four goals in the calendar year of 2022 um, and they are actually unbeaten in nine Bundesliga home games against Hoffenheim. Five wins, four draws. They finally got a win to their name under Florian Kohfeldt recently which is great but how, how do you feel about this one and if you're picking a player from this fixture where are you looking? Um, I'm looking at the Wolfsburg side because like, there are two really important players missing on the Hoffenheim side. At least two, you have to say. And that's Grilich and Geiger. Both are suspended because of the fifth yellow card. Um, and then you have Tromaric being questionable. Uh, so And Wolfsburg getting a huge win at Frankfurt after having the uh, winning the match they had to win against Fürth. So uh, I'm I'm betting on Wolfsburg winning this one, but it's still not producing a lot of fantasy gold. You could make an argument maybe for going with Roussillon. He's, he's 6.7 million. He's cheapish enough and he definitely has games where he's um, running up the left flank quite a lot. But definitely, like, like most of the other defenders we mentioned, I like probably more than Roussillon. That's it. I mean, it's a, it's a system that, you know, a left wing back, you, you, you would hope would provide some, you know, fantasy rewards. But yeah, it doesn't seem to be quite doing that on a consistent basis. And that's what we really need from, from them. I mean, because we're starting to see, you know, the league low four goals in 2022. We're starting to see them tap into those defensive strengths that made them one of the best back lines in the Bundesliga last season, which would lend itself to saying, right, okay, it's not a bad idea to invest in it. But I think we need to see more consistency. I think that's the buzzword. I mean, it's the buzzword for, let's be honest, half the Bundesliga and uh, most of the media as well right now. But yeah, I, I like the Roussillon pick, but agree with you that there are maybe better choices out there. So let's talk about the next game. Stuttgart against Bochum might throw one of them up because Stuttgart, they are on the longest winless run of any Bundesliga team right now without a win in seven, one draw, six losses. They've also lost their last three home games. Four in a row would equal an unwanted club record. Meanwhile, they're welcoming Borkum. Now, Borkum, of course, they've come off the big win against Bayern, but as we know this season, there's a Bayern curse. When you beat them, you tend to drop points in the next game. Just ask Augsburg, Frankfurt and Gladbach. And on top of that, as we well know, Flo, Borkum are a side that are better at home than away from home. So if you're picking a player from this one, where are you looking? I think Furich and Sosa are both interesting to me. It's 5.4 for Furich and 10.7 for Sosa. And I mean, if you if you want to really be crazy, uh, Thiago Thomas is just three point something. I know he's a, he's a striker. Scored twice last week for them at Leverkusen, and he he definitely is going to start, no matter how the Kalajic situation is, because he can either play up front or he plays um, be, uh, a little bit behind Kalajic. It's 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 both possible. So. I'm not sure why you would want to bring in a striker that's that cheap, but if you <laughs> if you would, uh, he he definitely would be your choice. There was a lot of wood in this sentence. Yeah. 
<laughs> There's a lot of potential, I think, in a player like that, given his form and given his price tag. So I, I like the fact that you've highlighted him here. Yeah, I think it's a tough, a tough sell though to use one of your three striker spots. But I mean, hey, it's his form definitely puts him on the radar at the very least. So yeah, I, I like you highlighting him. Let's talk about Augsburg Freiburg. After we talked about Greg Rich earlier, I mean, after going 28 Bundesliga appearances without a goal, he's got five in his last 10 games. Um, it really is throwing it back. It's uh, quite a nostalgic run for him. And meanwhile, they're coming up against Freiburg, who are winless in their last three away games, but unbeaten in their last six games against Augsburg in the Bundesliga. Three wins, three draws. We talked about Freiburg being out of form, but if you're picking a player, where are you looking? And they have never won at Augsburg. Nine games played at Augsburg for Freiburg, and they haven't won a single one of them. So something to keep in mind. I'm going with Iago here, 7.4 million. He would be the only guy I could imagine me buying this match day. So if you have the, your, your Gunther, I think if you have Gunther, you probably hold on to him because the defender market is just so abysmal. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I, I think if I have to buy a defender for this match day, it wouldn't be Gunther. And if I have like budget of maybe 8 million or so, and I already have Frimpong, then Iago definitely is on the radar. So yeah, he's my pick for that match. I'm not sure. Do you want to tell me about something about Andre Hahn or do we move on? James, this is usually the time where you bring up Andre Hahn. Well, like, no, no, don't get me wrong. Like, I like, I like him as well, and I like his run of form. I mean, the goal he scored uh, a couple of weeks back was was phenomenal. But I, I think the midfield market is so saturated right now. There are so many good options, and even in his price range, he, he probably falls behind Patrick Wimmer still, in my estimates. Who's you know Patrick Wimmer returning for Bielefeld this weekend? But that that's the problem. I, I love Andre Hahn. Uh, he's he's one of my favourite kind of romantic football stories in terms of the way he came up from the lower tiers to then make it to become a German international. Still don't quite know how he managed that flow, but I mean, it was it was a phenomenal story. But yeah, no, I'm not going to quite stretch as saying I have fantasy advice. I should bring you should bring him in, but there are there are worse midfield options out there than Andre Hahn right now. We can say that for sure. Um, but let's talk about one of the better ones. I just mentioned him, so I might have uh, stolen Flo's player pick. But Bielefeld against Union. Uh, now Union, they're winless in six competitive games in Bielefeld, though five of those have ended in draws, including the last four. I mean, they're still finding their feet post Max Cruiser right now. I think it's fair to. Say and yes. Bielefeld, they're a side that are in form. So I mean, contrasting, you know, experiences coming into this game. Yeah. But therefore, Bielefeld may be the more attractive option here. Yeah, definitely. And uh, Knoche will be suspended, and that will be the first time since Knoche arrived from Wolfsburg that he's not going to be in the starting lineup. Wow, that's a stat that amazed me because you never thought of him in that way. But he's totally uh, in this pensable under Urs Fischer. So that's definitely something to keep in mind. Maybe their back three is a bit shaky uh, at Bielefeld. Um, I'm going all out with Patrick Wimmer because everyone sold him last week. So that's... And every time that happens, because a player is um, suspended or injured, I think you get an ownership discount on the first match back. Because everyone will have to make the move to bring him in and actively buy him, maybe not buying another other players who are also in good shape. So um, Wimmer definitely is a priority for me this week. Uh, the way he's playing is just outstanding. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure that apart from Nkunku, 
words that I have, like if I can name a third player, regardless of uh, price tag, mm. that I like more. Kimmich, uh, I said probably the, the, the baseline is higher for Kimmich. Yeah. Still, Wilma, a uh, great choice. And I like it. I really like it that he was suspended. So he's in like no one who's up there in the fantasy table has Wilma right now. So everyone needs to get out of the way to bring him back. And there are definitely guys who won't do that. So you, you have a small edge with Wimmer this week, which you probably won't have moving forward when he, he uh, yeah, keeps playing like he is right now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if he keeps at that type of form, then he's he's certainly kind of in the must-have category. So, no, I couldn't agree more with you on that front. Uh, let's move on to the top field because uh, only a small handful of games at 3.30 this Saturday and flexibility not an issue on match day 23 because uh, you've got plenty of options. But the first being, uh, after the Friday night game, of course, on Saturday evening, Köln against Frankfurt. Now, of the 11 Bundesliga games in which Modest has scored this season, Köln have lost just one. In contrast, they've been beaten of four of the 11 without him scoring. Um, they've never lost two in a row. I mean, that's right? how many goals has Modest have? I think his, like, his ratio of his goal scored compared to the club goal scored is the highest. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me at all. Uh, 14 or 15 goals. Uh, so, I mean, it's, of course, if Cologne had scored half the goals they have, they would have less points. So you're not shocking <laughs> me with that stat, James. <laughs> I, I just have to say okay, that. No, I, I, okay, I agree. It's, you it, know that every time that Lewandowski scored four goals in a game, Bayern have won. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? I mean, that's that's an incredible statistic. Yeah, no, I, yeah. we're underlining the importance of Anthony Modest. I don't. Yeah. He, I think there are other ways to do it. You're right. That's not the strongest statistic. <laughs> no, just, I'm just pulling. I know. I read this stuff regularly, and yeah, it's like yeah. If you take away all the goals where neither Lewandowski or Müller had a hand in it, Bayern would be just mid-table team. <laughs> yeah, no, they, they they would probably play other two players. Uh, the, I don't like. I just don't like these <laughs> kinds of comparison. I, I just think they they they're just a bit silly in my mind sometimes. No, please please poke away then. I'll try. I'll try. You know what? So and we're not sure how many goals Sebastian Anderson would have had if Modest didn't wouldn't have played that position and so on and so on. Hmm? Not that much yet, but still. Well, is this a better one? Köln have never lost two Bundesliga games in a row under Stefan Baumgart. Is that one that we can take seriously? Yeah, no, out with it. <laughs> no, it's, it's all right. It's all right, James. Um, so the question is, I mean, if we're talking about Anthony Modest in a game like this for Köln, is it Modest or Bust? Is that the way we're looking at the Köln market right now? No, Modest had Corona, so um, he, he's re recovering from it. He's probably going to make it, but we're not 100%. So, so even, even more tentative than normal. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and you should be aware for anyone who's still holding on to Florian Kainz that there's massive talk of him being dropped out of the starting lineup. Good to know. So um, the, the Cologne option, if you need a budget midfielder, could be Jan Thielmann for you. Uh, he's, I think, 3.9 million. I like Furish more and I like uh, Wimmer way more. But if you need, for some reason, flexibility in a cheap midfielder, uh, I think he's at least worse. Although on the other side, you got Lindstrom, uh, who's not really that expensive. 
And I would like, if you can make it up from Thielmann to um, Lindstrom, then it, it, it would also be a better choice in my mind. But just so you have heard it for everyone still clinging to Florian Kainz, who was like a great fantasy option just a few months back. So Lindstrom is 9.1. Just looked it up. Yeah. Well, like talk to me about the Frankfurt midfield market, because I mean, can a case be made to bring Philip Kostic back in or with Lindstrom playing this well and being such a budget option yeah it's almost worth not making the stretch to double up yes or you know or, or make the stretch from Lindstrom to Kostic yeah and Frankfurt is not just not playing that great and we're not sure what Glasner is going to do so last week he benched Kostic to, to keep on playing a lens and maybe he tries to get away uh, find a way to play both players there's a bit of uncertainty. I'm pretty sure that Kostic will start again. I don't think he will be benched another time, but I'm not 100% how, which system they will play because Hinteregger is totally out of form. He, he lost them the game uh, last week uh, against Wolfsburg. And Hasebe is injured and or at least questionable for that game. So it could be that they're playing with a four-man backline instead of a three-man backline, and that would mean that Lance and Kostic can both play. Uh, I, I think there's a pretty decent likelihood of that happening. So everyone who has Lance, be careful what Glasner says on the presser today. Maybe he's hinting on it. Yes, yeah, one to one to kind of keep an eye on, uh, certainly. Because if they play a four-man backline, it's Lance. They won't play Kostic as a left-back. He's playing either left wing back or he's playing left winger, but he's not playing left back. Yeah, it will be very interesting to see how Oliver Glasner reacts to, to the, both the form of both players because uh, Christopher Lentia has made a bit of an impact. I think we, we all knew he could when he moved to Frankfurt in the summer, um, but it hasn't had his chances because of injuries and then Kostic's form as well. So yeah, we'll see how the dominoes fall there. But let's talk about the big game of the weekend, potentially in a fantasy sense, because I think everyone's looking at this with dollar signs or, or fantasy point signs in their eyes flow. And it's Bayern against Kreuter Furt. Um, Bayern, again, as you mentioned in part one, coming off the two games in which they've dropped points, essentially. Um, and they've got the man in form, uh, they had Lewandowski scored another two goals last weekend. Um, that means he's got 26 goals so far this season. He also had 26 goals at this juncture last term when he broke the record for single season goals. And we should remember he did have that injury right at the end of the season that ruled him out for a couple of games as well. So you never know. He might actually be able to beat uh, the previously thought of unbeatable record once again in back-to-back -back seasons. Uh, meanwhile, Greutherford, they've taken just one point from 11 away games this season. They are uh, at times the whipping boys, despite the fact that they have have been in a good run of form. So the question is, Flo, can you see this being anything other than a hefty Bayern win? No. Okay. No. <laughs> with, with them losing last week and not getting the result they probably were hoping for in the Champions League, no. Yeah, I, yeah this is going to be a, a Bayern dominant win in my book. So if, if you're picking one defender, one midfielder and one striker, who are you choosing? I can't pick a defender. I'm not oh. like, I'm not sure. Like, yeah, you need, you definitely need a clean sheet. And then like, they don't have a defender really getting you attacking returns. Zula probably would be the guy, but I mean, he could be dropped Zula and Opa Meccano have, like, at times been so bad this season. 
Go with Pavard, maybe if you want. Definitely want. Yeah, you're not, you're really not convinced, are you? No, I'm not. I'm yeah. not convinced. I. Yeah, it could be either of them. Maybe one gets like um, his head at the end of a corner or a free kick. Yeah, but uh, Bayern defenders is just is is it is a really tough market. No one really is, is scoring consistently, <laughs> apart from Alfonso Davis, uh, who won't be in the squad. And I mean, Pavan Upamecano, they on average they scored six points, and that's the highest of the Bayern defenders not named Alfonso Davis. The average points total. Ah. Phew. Hernandez is at five, Zula is at five, so it's it's a toss up. And I'm I'm not sure that I want to be involved. Fair enough with that. But I assume midfielders. I think Pavar probably. Pavar is probably the best bat because he's playing. If they play a three-man backline, which I will be expect. But if for some reason they play with a four-man backline again, he's playing as a right back. So yeah, you're fine in both ways. You can make that argument for Hernandez, but I still think that Pavar has shown that he's more capable of producing in an attacking sense. But I, I would, I have Kimmich and I have Müller and I have Lewandowski, and I'm fine with it, and I move on. Yeah, no, I think that's that's fair enough. I mean, I, I have to admit, I'm I'm looking at this game. I had my little experiment with Silver and Cruiser, but I'm looking at this game thinking I have to bring in Thomas Muller. And I saw, I mean, it was one of the guys that do the tweets for Fantasy Football Scout uh, pointed out that I think it's 75% of the top 100 in the overall rankings have Thomas Muller in their side. And so, I mean, yeah, not much of a differential. If anything, the differential may be who you star man here um, and whether Muller or Lewandowski maybe produce a bigger haul than the other. That could be an interesting gamble for people to take on on Sunday I'm not sure you want to do that what? You, you're going with Lewandowski yeah yes you don't fancy the gamble yeah. no <laughs> okay we might come back to that one next weekend then yeah or next week we, you can <laughs> Good. Uh, then then let's, let's move on to the next game. Um, the Battle of Borussia, as it's always coined, or the Marco Royce derby, whichever way you want to look at it. But a, a note here that Dortmund have scored at least twice in all 11 of their Bundesliga home games this season. Nevertheless, Gladbach are the only team to have stopped Dortmund from scoring in... BFRB's last 54 Bundesliga matches. That was in this season's reverse fixture, uh, which was a 1-0 win for Gladbach. So how do you feel about this fixture flow? How do you get the most out of this fixture? Because there's a suggestion that both sides will concede, but then, you know, maybe history tells a different story sometimes. Yeah, probably the most is just to keep it as you are, your squads are already are and move on. I'm not sure if they, like I would bring in a Dortmund or Gladbach player for that. Definitely not a Gladbach player. Maybe Bellingham, because when he's playing in a more attacking role, like we saw at Union, maybe it's worse getting him. That will be the only one. Royce is a striker in the game. That's why he's off limits to me. Can make him argument for Brandt as well. Yeah. You see how I squirm, James? That's usually the sign that I'm not fully on board <laughs> with anyone here. And that's the case. Yeah. yeah. And, and you're just not sure where the points will go. 
No, you're really not. I mean, I I got to be honest. I almost feel like one of either Guerrero or Benzbaini might not be in my lineup this weekend. I just haven't quite settled on who, and it might come down to whether I need a few extra million here or there to afford other players. Because um, yes, I do have my eyes set on bringing Thomas Muller into my side, which is going to be uh, an upgrade already from Andre Silva in terms of price as well. So I need to to move a few few little pieces about to get my puzzle in place for this weekend potentially. But I I just like Benzbaini. I like his form. I like the fact that he gets forward uh, and you know that that's something that looks like it could be fixture proof right now it's hard to tell after just two games the litmus test will be against Dortmund but it could be an interesting one given the fact that not a lot of people have actually jumped on the Benzabini bandwagon but let's talk about the game that closes out the weekend then Hertha against Leipzig now uh, only Stuttgart have claimed fewer points across five Rookrunder matches than Hertha meanwhile Leipzig since Desco took charge only Bayern have claimed more points than Leipzig 16 so uh, two sides in very contrasting form we've talked about the rotation potential here but who would you trust to close out the match day flow yeah definitely in Kunku and I'd say that Angelino as well Angelino is overpriced as well but most of the interesting defenders are overpriced so I can take it uh, in the case of Angelino and I think he gets a small knot for me um, in comparison to uh, Guerrero. Yeah, no, I, I think I. I mean, I've got Guerrero in my squad, and I think if I had the chance, I might try and move Guerrero to Angelino, but I got to work that one out still, um, potentially. But still, I mean, he scored a goal and still got just nine points. Well, it's not. It's not. He's not the Angelino so, of old. There's. No, he's not. He's no. not quite that. But I do think he's still a, a potentially good pick right now for Leipzig. Didn't win five challenges so maybe it's I'm swaying a bit maybe I'm going to Guerrero it would be in my case it would be flexibility wise it would be better because I don't have a player from Dortmund so I'd have Guerrero and then Nkunku in the last game maybe not a bad idea is this maybe a time to throw in Guardiol is it worth considering Guardiol yes Um, why not uh, he, he's definitely more consistent than Angelino because he probably gets you four points for challenges one like on any given match day. And yeah, we, we've seen him having attacking returns in the past. Yeah, I mean, if anything, he's been more consistent than Angelino. But I think Angelino has the higher upside. That's the thing. You know, Angelino at any point could explode. All it takes is one or two crosses to find Andre Silva or Christopher Nkunku. Maybe he takes a free kick here or there as well. You know, it, it can all come together. So it's, it's a tricky one. But yeah, the, therefore, I don't think you're really going wrong with either against a hair to side that are struggling. Yeah, but the more I look into it, Last time that Guardiol didn't get your four points because of challenges one was on the 15th match day. So it's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven match days in a row where he had four or even six points because of challenges one. Last week was six. So yeah, Guardiol might actually be, if, if you think about it, not a bad idea to get him the knot. Because I think as a centre-back playing in the three-man back line, he's less likely to be rotated out, especially since he's playing really great. Yeah, no, a good a good way to kind of wrap up the analysis of that game, I think is fair to say. Let's talk about player picks then and close out the show. Uh, we'll start with the Vegas choice. Where are you looking for your Vegas choice? Where are you looking for a gamble this weekend? Uh, it's a tough one, but... Like, I talk myself now into going with Josko Guardiol, uh, 10.9. The more I look into his stats, 
just one good set piece where he he's in the end of it he's definitely able to to get up there to around 20 points if like clean sheets six points for challenges one and few shots on goal maybe even a goal yeah uh Guardiol, 10.9 I like it. I like it. I, I'm going to go with the... I mean, it's not so much of a Vegas choice, I don't think, because there's a chance that he could really score big here. But Corentin Tolisso, I think, yeah, we talked about the merits of him against Kimmich, but against Koytefurt, I just fancy him to maybe have a big game. Um, it might be, you know, the flash in the pan type form we see from Corentin Tolisso sometimes in the fantasy game. So, yeah, I think he could be a, a, a you know, merited Vegas choice this weekend if you're looking for a way to get into Bayern's midfield uh, and you maybe don't have the funds like I do to stretch all the way to your sort of Kimmich. Talking of stretching funds, how about your super schnepkin where you're busting your budget? So, I mean, we we, we talked about the, the usual suspects uh, a lot and these guys, all the, the cheap piece uh, are viable. We we already talked about, but I think you Danny Da Costa for 3 million in a defender market. I like him. Issue with him is that they hosting Bayern next week. But after that, it would be Hatta and Bochum. So maybe one you can sit out with Da Costa just being priced at 3 million, having a standalone fixture at Cologne where you probably don't have a defender. So yeah, I think Da Costa is at least an interesting choice for 3 million. Yeah, no, I like, I like the pick. Um, I'll throw two names out there because they're two names that might be in my squad come the weekend. Uh, that's Patrick Viver. We've talked enough about him. Benjamin Hubner, the other one, 3.5 million defender. We've mentioned him as well, but the fact that he's back in form is great to see. And I do think, yeah, Hoffenheim with two decent fixtures coming up as well against Wolfsburg and then Stuttgart. It could be uh, an interesting pick to maybe offset Aaron Martin and Mainz's poor fixtures in the next couple of weeks. So yeah, Benjamin Hubner thought I'd throw his name out there as my super schnepchen. How about your banker flow? I'm going with Patrick Wimmer. Oh, right. Uh, 6.1 million. Bielefeld will want to get a win against Union. Wimmer is just like, he's involved in, f- in more than five shots per 90 minutes. That's one of the best ratios in the Bundesliga. That's more like a Florian Wirtz and, and uh, has, for instance. And he's playing for Bielefeld. So they're having much less shots than Leverkusen, for instance, which means that his pie of the attacking returns of Bielefeld is much bigger than of most other guys playing for, in quotes, better clubs. So if they hit their stride and have a game where they have more than average attacking returns, that means that, that, that Wimmer will be involved in seven to eight shots. That definitely could happen. And then he's just a great pick for the price, especially. Yeah, no, I, I actually, I love him. Yeah, I love him as a banker pick All as well. All the Bayern assets are great at home against Fürth, but like, <laughs> and in Kunku always, but. I wanted to mix it up a bit. That's why Wilma is my pick. I'm, I'm glad you did as well, because I am going straight down the line. But the main reason being that I'm finally caving and doubling up on the Bayern front line this weekend. So I had to pick Thomas Muller as my banker, simply just to kind of, yeah, point out the fact that I'm finally caving. Uh, I'm going to double up on them up front. So yeah, I, I like your pick that kind of yeah makes it a little more interesting down in the banker choices here. <laughs> and who knows? Who knows? Maybe Patrick Wilma has another breakout performance and outscores Thomas Muller. It's in the realm of possibility but that ladies and gents will bring us to an end of this week's episode of Talking Fußball Fantasy thank you as ever for joining us feel free to get in touch on Twitter if you haven't yet joined the Talking Fußball Fantasy
Farragut Flow and the rest of the Talking Fußball crew. Auf Wiederhören. Auf Wiederhören.